0: He's five, six, 163. Uh, uh, man, uh, How big uh, can he possibly be? Uh. Uh- Welcome to another episode of the 5-Foot-Nothing, 100-Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am 5-Foot-Nothing, 100-Nothing. What a game! What a game that I saw on Sunday morning. You guys saw it Saturday. I'm pretty sure you did. I was too busy yelling, fuck yeah, at a Ballyhoo concert, which was exciting, and my voice is still kind of hoarse from it. Um, Some of you guys have hoarse voices from being at the game, and you needed to, you needed to yell, you needed to scream, all of it, all of it was awesome. But I was also told I need to start going to more punk rock concerts, the night Notre Dame plays a big opponent, because my lord, did we show up. We definitely showed up, and fuck yeah, yeah, if you, the clean, it's not a clean episode, it never is with me, but tonight, today is fuck yeah, just rock hands up, fuck Yeah. And if you saw the, the video I put out that uh, Abby turned into a gif, that's a vibe. I, I don't know that, I, I can't do that dance move. I, I think I'm wide enough to do it, but guys and gals, what a game. What a freaking game. And we're going to get there. Because there's some things I, I, I won't talk about the game, but what does it all mean? Uh, there's so many different directions to go. But you know how I do this. we got to start off with a college football roundup. And, you know, I wanted to, to find Iowa, see how they were doing. And, guys, <laughs> Iowa scored points. I was, I was not happy about this. Because I was like, what the hell? <clears throat> but wouldn't you believe it? I did find... This week's worst offense of the week within the Iowa game, and, and that would be Purdue. Um, not great, Purdue. I, 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 there's another game. There was an honorable mention, not so great offensive performance. Purdue, you, I, I don't know if they were inspired. I know Purdue had to watch a lot, a lot of Iowa film, and they're like, that. that's something we can do. And they did it. My God, they did. It. Did they do it? <laughs> punt, punt, punt. Interception, interception. Field goal. That was all of their three points. Downs, punt, punt. Downs, punt, downs, punt. <laughs> End of game. <laughs> Again, when Notre Dame's offense looked like it used to. I say used to, cause my God, it was awesome on Saturday night. <clears throat> or Sunday morning, if you're me. This is just to make us feel better about any offense we put on the field, okay? That's what this whole little segment's about. So when you're just punt, punt, downs, interception, punt, punt, field goal, punt, 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 punt. punt that just makes you feel better. But I, not to be outdone, there was an audible mention. <clears throat> they said, you know what? Notre Dame beat us so bad that we we may not even show up to play offense, you know, at all. Guys, Syracuse, now they didn't have uh, Garrett Schrader, which real quick, remember we were like, I said it myself, I'm like, geez, Syracuse's backup looks amazing. Why can't ours look like that? Well, yeah, their backup went 8 for 23 for 120 yards. Not awesome. And their stellar running back had 10 carries for 19 yards. Guys, as a team, as a team, Syracuse had 145 yards of total offense. They had 25 yards rushing on 25 attempts. I'm no mathematician, but that's one yard per carry. I can do that much. It wasn't great. Um, somehow they got nine points. Uh it's kind of impressive. It what's even more crazy is they were leading this game three nothing. And I mentioned they had hundred and forty five yards of total offense. One of their scoring drives was a seventy five yard drive. Like what? And and they missed a field goal. So part of say and the other field goal drive was fifty four yards. If you're Keeping track at home, that's 130 yards, or 129. 75 and 54. What were their other drives? Negative uh, 13, 5, 35, 7, negative 1, negative 10, 4, negative 1, negative 6, negative 1. Those were drives, guys. Those were their drives. Um Yeah. So Syracuse did their best, but because they got the nine points and Purdue only got the three, this week's worst offense of the week goes to Purdue. Congratulations. Well done, guys. It's, it's not easy to do. I mean, it's really not. You have to really try to be that bad on offense in today's college football. And I'm not – we'll get to Clemson. Their offense wasn't great, but um, I have too much respect for Clemson to trash them like that, uh, but you know, I, I just as we go around the country, um, Ohio State struggled with Northwestern. Just call it what it is. They won twenty-one to seven. Not impressive. Um nobody's still playing them closer though, because we got ten points. <laughs> but it is just it wasn't great. Ohio State was. It wasn't great. It was seven to seven at the half. Uh fourteen to seven after three. It just it CJ Stroud had a grand total. A whopping seventy Drew Pine outpassed uh CJ Stroud. Go go find that in your parlays. You picked uh who's gonna have more passing yards? Drew Pine or uh CJ Stroud? Wow. Just wow. Uh but hey, Ohio State won. That's win in advance. That's the name of the game, right? They're ultimately going to get tested by Michigan, who I took joy in seeing the score. I didn't know any of the scores. I was very zero dark 30. At least I tried to be. And I'll, I'll get to there soon. But Michigan sh- struggled. They did. They won 52-17. to 17. I get it but they were winning 17 or excuse me losing 17 to 14 at the half versus Rutgers and then they decided to play football and scored 20 in the third quarter and it was kind of over after that but Ohio State Michigan I don't even know what to expect you feel like Ohio State should smoke them and we want that to happen but I don't know uh I don't know North Carolina wins again although that kind of crushed me not going to lie, guys, I bet on North Carolina to cover the 7 because it was Virginia, and they didn't. But North Carolina won. Still, only loss is to your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. TCU wins again. Tulane is moving up the charts. Oregon absolutely destroyed Colorado. Oregon is, after getting annihilated, because there's no other word to describe 49-3, to uh ever getting annihilated by Georgia, they've strung together eight straight wins and looking pretty good. So good on the ducks. Uh Michigan State beat Illinois. Michigan State was bad. I thought Illinois was good. Uh, who knows? Kansas coming back from the dead. Remember they were they were the hot talk and then they lost a few games and who knows what Kansas is gonna be. Well guess what? Oklahoma State has fallen a part. There's no other way to they, one loss and then two losses, no four losses, or sorry, three losses. Uh, it's just Big Twelve is they're they got nothing left. They I mean they got TCU, but I just you know we'll see. As I mentioned, Syracuse was ranked, not anymore. Pitt beat them. Yeah, uh, Texas, uh, they won. I didn't. I just, I just want them to be good. I just don't want them to be good. But Texas A&M lost again. They got housed by Florida. They're three and six. Money, money buys you a lot of things. It doesn't buy you wins, or character. So, good luck A&M. Good luck Ags. USC wins again. They only beat California by six. Um, I don't know. USC doesn't have a defense, but I know they have an offense. Should be an interesting game to wrap up the year for Notre Dame. But the two games I skipped over, which I don't even know which one I want to talk about first. It's SEC stuff. It just means more, apparently. Uh, Georgia looked really good <clears throat> against what everybody believed to be a really good Tennessee team. What does that mean? I don't know. But Georgia looked really good Stetson Bennett can actually throw the ball. Holy crap. And in Hooker, not so much with the throwing of the ball. Crap. <laughs> Just Georgia looked really good. Um, I got to watch most of that game. So the game I didn't get to see, that when I found out the final, I'm like, of course, of course, of course that happens. Of course, the biggest win in Notre Dame's Marcus Freeman tenure. Just so happens to come on the same night a Brian Kelly-led team beats Alabama. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on, really? That happened that night? Hey, I'm glad Alabama lost. Just, I'm tired of their people, too. Like, just... You know, but I really, really don't like LSU people. And it has nothing... I didn't like them before Brian Kelly went there. That was just more of a reason to, you know, say, fuck them. But if they really had to win that Saturday night, come on, we... But hey, guts for going for two. Um, I recognized the play when I saw the replay. I'm like, geez a That looks awfully, awfully similar to the uh, Notre Dame-Florida State play and awfully, awfully similar to the Clemson-Beating-Alabama play. And uh, the difference in those two plays is Florida State game was called a penalty and the Clemson-Alabama was not. And on Saturday night, that LSU pick play tight end in the flat was not called a penalty either. We I don't think it was. I don't think it was in any of those situations. But God bless it, LSU and Brian Kelly beats Alabama. ay, 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 ay. Hey, good on them, whatever. We don't care anymore. Like, it's still going to come up. It just is. We get it. But Freeman did something in a way that Kelly never did at Notre Dame. So let's talk about that. All right? Watch before the changes and try to keep up. So before I jump into all of it, I went to a concert Saturday night. It was awesome. I had a great time. Shouts to Jameson with the band. Got to have a a couple beers with one of the band members after the show. Uh, caught up with him. And I had a great time. I made a point. I did my did my very, very best to turn off all notifications to my phone. Um, I couldn't turn my phone completely off because I'm that guy. I'm going to record and remember and post videos from the show and all that kind of good stuff, right? More importantly, my wife couldn't go. She's a huge Ballyhoo fan as well. That's kind of our band. I mean, she has the music she likes. I have my favorite bands, but together, we found Ballyhoo together. That's our thing. And... I got the tickets for us but she couldn't go because something that never happens and I could say this because I've been with her for eight years her aunt was having a big birthday party <clears throat> it wasn't even a big number it was uh, a 40 something uh years I like it wasn't like a 40 or 50 like it wasn't a major milestone birthday but nonetheless <clears throat> they went out to a karaoke bar her cousins her aunts it was a girls girls thing but it never happens, and my wife's like, I, I gotta go to this. like this is my family and I'm like, I know you've never done it. I've been with you How long If it's never happened? So I go to Bali by myself. I'm saying I'll have to say I couldn't completely turn off my phone because I wanted to do the pictures, but I couldn't silence my text notifications because if she's there and I'm at a concert, we have a babysitter. I need to make sure I'm available if some I need to be notified about something or if somebody needs to get in contact with me, probably not going to be able to hear them. Text is the best way to get me to know what you're trying to say, right? I know too many people, and those many people know that I live and breathe and love Notre Dame football. Apparently. Shame on me, because I got enough information that... No, I didn't know Notre Dame won. I didn't fully know that. I think I knew it. But I didn't know it. I just got a couple messages, "Hey, looks like Notre Dame's got him now." And I was like, "Stop talking. No more words for you." And another one is like, you know, looking good, Let, let's hope they no, let's hope nothing. Shut up. <laughs> but I saw so I, I knew going in, and then obviously I watched the game and there was no, no question that like, okay, yeah, like they could have sent that text at any point in time. Because I really didn't go back to see one of them. I'm pretty sure it was in the third quarter based on when they texted me, time of the game, and stuff like that. But they, they you could have sent that message at any point in time of the game. Hey, Notre Dame looks like they got them. Like from the block punt to winning 21 nothing at the half to just running up their ass every fucking play. Like you could have sent that text to me at any point in time. But despite my best efforts, I did have... Too much information when I sat down to watch the game. But nothing will ever top my worst experience of it, this attempt. And I'm going to tell you this story too. It, it, you know I'm going to talk. Just keep up with me. That's all I ask. So this was 2007. <clears throat> it was uh, Notre Dame, North Carolina. And this was back in the days. And some of the, you might even have, n- not even know what I'm talking about when I say this. I had to get this game on ESPN Game Plan. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but that is where you literally pay for a game. Like you can get the package or you can buy games individually. <clears throat> They're 19.99 plus tax. It's like 21 something. So at the time I'm working at Enterprise Rent a Car at a college at the airport. Their schedule sucks. There it's open seven days a week, all day, all the time. So like I, I couldn't get out of this Saturday shift. I was like, "That's fine. I gotta buy the game anyway. So no harm, no foul. I'll buy the game. Watch it when I get home. Whatever. I, I have it. It's like saved on your box or whatever, right? And I'm not wearing Notre Dame a tie. I'm in a freaking tie and a white sleeve, long sleeve shirt. And like, who's gonna bother me about Notre Dame football today? Nobody. Until we were like five minutes before we're closing up shop and this last customer comes in, him, it was like two brothers or something, the guy, two guys. And I told my coworker, I'm like, Hey, you grab them. I'm going to check all the keys, do the petty cash. I'll do all this stuff so we can get, get, get out of here. Just get, get done with the day. And I'm doing all this stuff. I'm at a desk. This guy comes over and he's like, Hey, how are you today? So I'm fine. I'm just trying to get out of here. Need to get home. Um just gotta do what I gotta do. Oh, what do you what do you got planned for tonight? Nothing. i Just I'm just going home. Got no plans. Like what? What? <clears throat> a young kid like you, good looking guy. Yeah, I'm sure you got you got a date tonight. You got you got a hot date. You're going somewhere tonight. You're gonna go out and party. Actually, I'm not. I'm just I'm not I'm not doing that. Oh come on. said so I honestly I just want to get out of here. I'm going home to watch Notre Dame North Carolina game. I recorded it, so I want to go home and watch it. Oh man, that was a tough loss for Notre Dame today. Man, uh He's lucky he walked out of that office in without physical harm, verbally assaulted, profanities yelled in his face. Luckily I have a professional enough brain to not do that. But from that moment, I learned the hard way. N- I wasn't wearing anything that indicated I was a Notre Dame fan or otherwise. But I can't even speak about it because I don't know what the jackass on the other side of the counter is going to fucking say to me. And Saturday night, I tried my best. I did. I tried so hard. But I know too many people, which I guess is a good thing. People like talking to me. Yay. But uh, I knew too much. And... uh, I will find a new path next time. I have to miss a game like Notre Dame, Clemson, like playing the number four team in the country, at home, at night. New, new, new path. New, new game plan. But I did get to watch it in its entirety, and it was glorious. It was absolutely glorious. Right out the box, I and I said this. <clears throat> so we're getting into the game now. Story time's over. Thank you for 5 foot nothing story time. I said Notre Dame to win this game. I said these were like my three points and it had nothing to do with the offense. Said special teams has to come up big. It would be awesome to get another block punt. That's become a thing. If we get one of those that would be just awesome. Flip the field. Like I said, if I had told you that there's a play in a game that every time it comes up can impact the field position by 40 to 50 yards, would you consider that to be a big deal? Would you consider that important? Well, if we get a block punt that flips the field, that's huge. It's even better if you block said punt, catch it, and return it for a touchdown. That eliminates the offense having to be in the field at all. Go Irish. Second thing I said we got to get to DJU. we got to sack him a little bit. we got to get pressure. He'd only been sacked 12 times. I felt like that was going to be uh, important. Make him uncomfortable. We sacked him four times. The other thing I said was, uh, defensively, we just... We need to win the turnover battle. We need to have something good happen. Maybe get an interception. we got two of that, those bad boys and a pick six. So, it's kind of like, if you had told me, hey, Notre Dame's going to block a punt for a touchdown, they're going to get a pick six, they're going to have another interception that's going to come in, then uh, in, in your own Reds, like uh, Clemson's Red Zone, and Clemson's going to be backed up against the girl line and throw a pick, and we're going to sack DJU four times. What score would you predict? Probably something like 35 14. Um, I I didn't I couldn't believe all three happened. On top of the offense being well. Ooh, I almost I almost said too much. On top of the running game being absolutely incredible. Drew Pine included in that. Excellent read options. Good use of him. <clears throat> I know I rag on Tommy Reese. He I, I, I cannot The only thing I'll say is I think he threw too many, attempted too many passes. But even the pass he attempt, they were not bad. Drew Pine's just not good. Sorry. Sorry. He's just not. I mean, I posted a picture. If you haven't seen it, go to my Twitter feed, please. There's a picture of Drew Pine standing in the pocket. Estimate is wide open to the right. I mean, the... He's not in the screen, but every Clemson defender is. That's how open he is. It's right there, estimate. Crossing right in front of you, five yards, seven yards deep, is Michael Mayer. Behind that is Mitchell Evans on a deep cross, also open. The result of this play is Pine rolling to the left and throwing it out of bounds over, I think, Jaden Thomas's head. And I've got people telling me, well, breeze, breeze, Breezy, right, I, I'm so... I. Beef, I'm so sorry, I'm saying I'm saying your guy's name wrong, Breezy. Oh, Breezy's breathing down uh, Pine's neck. At the time I took that picture on the replay, Breezy was like five and a half yards away from Pine. I'm sorry, this is D1 football. If you can't <clears throat> get the ball out to the obviously open receivers, when the defender is five and a half yards from you, you consider that to be breathing down your neck, we have bigger problems. We have big problems in the passing game. Yeah, sure do. Then you get um, the running game's working, the running game's working, the running game's working. Play action. Mayor's wide open down the seam. Oh, wrong shoulder. It would have taken a freaking Odell Beckham-like catch for Mayer to make the. And all, these passes just—they seem so easy. But then you don't get help from Lawrence of Styles, who dropped another pass, and then I don't even think he saw the field again. Styles, you got it. We just can't have that. Can't have that. Um, batted balls. I know I know I'm going down the, the path of what we didn't do. I get that, but it has to be discussed. Number of batted balls. It's it's frustrating. Like we We are literally it cannot be denied after Saturday. You cannot I'm not gonna hear it. We are literally a quarterback worth a buck away from being what we wanna be. And contending for an actual national championship. Special teams. Dominant. Defense. Dominant. O-line U. Showed up as O-line U. In a big game. Against a legitimate defensive line. Running backs. Ridiculous. Can't throw the ball. Don't fucking matter. Like. It, it's frustrating. And mean I got, got people in my... You know, Pine's six and one as the starter. Maybe you should lay off him a little bit, huh? Cut him some slack, he's six and one. I'm like, Neh. We're six and one in spite of Drew Pine, and the one is directly because of Drew Pine. Like, I don't what what are you saying that I'm not? How can you defend him and be six and one as a starter? He just happens to be the court I've if that's the offense, fuck I could be six and one as a starter. I can hand it off to Estime and Diggs and I can fuck up some screen passes and not see over the uh, offensive-defensive lineman and get balls batted down and miss Mayer wide open, and I could do all of those things. I don't understand. The guy was 9 of 17 for 85 yards. You know, when he had that great pass to Mayer, and, but there were other opportunities to set up the play action, and Drew Pine just can't do it. He just can't do it. So, with that in mind... He can't be the next option. Let's just say Buckner is everything we want him to be and hope he is. If he gets hurt again next year, Pine can't be the the, the option. We have to, have to, have to, have to hit the transfer portal hard and find a quarterback worth a shit because we're right there. We're right there. But we did do a lot of good things. You know I can focus. Yes, I. I'm always. I always want us to get better, so I can talk about Pine more. And you know we forced a ball to Merriweather. Merriweather got a lot of uh, snaps. It was awesome, but he forced it to him as if it was like was that one read and then just throw it to Merriweather. Nobody else is allowed to get a look. It's just little things like that that just they they just get you. But here's here's what I'm going to give Tommy Reese. All the crap in the world. All the crap in the world. He's stuck with what worked. He did throw, like I said, maybe a few too many passes, but it was nothing to agree, just nothing like, why are we even doing that right now? He's stuck with what worked. The only thing I was surprised to not see was the Mitchell Evans thing, the tight end sneak. And I say that because there were multiple opportunities to see it on third and one and such. I know we, were, I, we dominated D, Clemson's D-line there's no question but it's still risky to run like a pistol and just give the running back the ball further back from the line that gives the D line an opportunity to potentially get a push and so it was interesting to not see it but it didn't we didn't need it so great cool you know but i remember i even wrote it down i, wrote, I literally wrote this down the running game is working so well will Reese mess it up Literally wrote that. And the very next thing it pops up on the screen is: No Names had six straight run plays. And then it was seven, eight, uh, seven straight run plays. Then it was eight straight run plays. Then it was nine straight run plays. Then there was a play action pass to Mayer. Great job. Then it was a 10th rush. A read option. Touchdown. So in 10 plays, there were nine rushes and a play action all set up. The play action was all set up because of the run. So, that's what works. And Reese stuck with it. And I know I give him shit. And he deserves it. But this time he deserves all the credit to just stick into it, stick into it. Not not going Make them stop it before you decide to stop it yourself. And he did it. Uh, incredible. Does that mean I want him back next year? Probably not. Because he showed me way too much of the other thing. So... Yeah, I, but I, I you got to give them credit where credit is due. And it, it was amazing. The defense swarmed like you wouldn't believe. Like missed tackles were, a, for, at least for this game, a thing of the past. We just were all over it. The only thing that happened, which it was garbage time, but whatever, um, we are still 100% allowing our opponents to score points in the red zone. And it was another two touchdowns. So now the, uh, opposing teams are... 22 trips to the red zone, 22 scoring, uh, successful scoring trips. 19 of those 22 were touchdowns. That's not great, but um, it was like I said that those those two touchdowns don't really. We were playing just to not let them them do anything uh, big, and they really could in all game. It was it was interesting, um, and you know I thank you again. Casey at from sluggo Go go follow him, guys. He's a great dude. Like, seriously, he's he is literally one of my best friends, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, and I met him through Twitter. <clears throat> we just became friends. Like it it's crazy how this world works sometimes, right? But I thank him for coming on my show. Um, I did I was hoping I hate to say that, but I was hoping it was gonna be a fun game. Yes, I, I hope no name wins. But a a game that we could talk about and discuss, and uh, unfortunately it was like every other Notre Dame big game for Clemson. They just didn't show up. The offense couldn't do anything. They were just having to dink and dunk and tight end in the flat, tight end in the flat, just no big plays, nothing, uh, uh, interceptions, uh, blocked punts. A couple times, DJU held the ball a little too long, ended up in a sack. Um, Just everything we were doing – messed them up big time. Like, it it wasn't anything they were incapable of doing. I just think Notre Dame played their best game. <clears throat> With that said, that had me feeling like Clark Griswold when the lights were not turned on. You're was just like... <laughs> if we... If we had just played like this all season, we would not be in this What are we playing for situation, which is to ruin Clemson's season, which we did. Now, we're going to play to ruin USC's season, which we hope. And maybe, maybe, maybe some chaos happens and we get a New Year's 6. But if our only loss was Ohio State, which after Saturday night, you kind of have to say like, there's no reason our only loss shouldn't just be Ohio State. I realize that Marshall and the Stanford game happened, but the fact of the matter is if you can beat Clemson like that, I don't care what your offensive line situation was, or what, you should have been able to beat Marshall. Like that's just that's just fact. And the Stanford game, that I have to, I said we lost because of Drew Pine. He threw twenty seven passes. He does not need to be throwing twenty seven passes. That's what happened in Stanford game. That's on Tommy Reese. It, literally, uh, Stanford game, Digs and Estime the dudes who combined for what the hell I know they had uh, what 25 no excuse me 35 rushes combined on a Saturday night what are the numbers Uh, uh, 128 yards no 200 no 218 yards Um, so 25 carries 218 yards that's what they had against Clemson on Saturday. Uh, against Stanford, they had a total of 17 yards, which is all of just Diggs's carries. This past. In fact, they did what Diggs did. And I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. They, they literally did Diggs' numbers because they had eight carries and nine carries, and they both had 57 yards. 57 to 57 is 114. Diggs himself, Saturday night, with 17 carries, 114 yards. That's an average of 6.7 yards a carry. There's no reason against Stanford for Diggs and Estime to have a total of what Diggs did in one game against Clemson. And Estime added 18 carries, 104 yards, for 5.8 yards a carry. As a team, 47 rushes, 263 yards. And I that's I said, you know, I I said those three things. You know, a special teams play, ideally a block punt, some sacks, an interception. I also said offensively. The formula for success is going to be run the ball, I said 50 times. We didn't quite get there, but who cares? But I said Pine needs to be like 12 to 15 passes. He got 17. I said, I still think it's a few more than more necessary. But we did everything we needed to do to win, and we did it with such efficiency and effectiveness. It was insanity. I it's the most dominant win Notre Dame forget Marcus Freeman obviously it's his biggest win and it, hopefully it, it, it's that we look back however many years from now and say that was that was the turning point that's that was it and you know I hope we see that but uh yeah, see I lost my train of thought look at me go and watch me feel the change and try to keep up I can't even keep up with my damn self good night um, but it, uh, here we go. It's Notre Dame's biggest win. All right, let me refer it. Notre Dame's most dominant win in I don't know how long. I really don't. Because like, Brian Kelly, sure, he beat Clemson. Yes, that was a big win. Yes, he beat Oklahoma in 2012. That was a big win. Uh, beat a, a good USC team in, what, 2017. That was a big win. But... My, the phrasing, the dominant word is key because I can't remember a Brian Kelly team playing a team as good as Clemson and dominating them like that. So that was Notre Dame's most dominant win in quite some time. And for most of you who are not 38 years of age like I am, that might be the most dominant win you've ever witnessed as a Notre Dame fan. Um, again, against a quality opponent. Now, having said that, you're still hearing from national media on Twitter, well, you know, Clemson struggled with uh, Syracuse, and they struggled with North Carolina State, and they struggled with Wake Forest. And you know what? In reality, they're not that good. So, I mean, like, come on. Like, how many times do I have to retweet the same shit? Notre Dame plays ranked team. People say Notre Dame's going to get their ass kicked. Notre Dame beats said ranked team. Well, that team wasn't good anyway. Like, are we really, is that what we're doing? Every time Notre Dame wins, it's, it was luck. Like, and the other team just happens to suck. Just the only, they're number four team in the country, but if they play Notre Dame and they lose, then well, then they suck. Like, there's no other way around it. They're either really good, but then when they play Notre Dame, they're not and it's it's getting really old really quick because at some point you have to acknowledge now I realize we lost to Marshall and we lost to Stanford I, I'm fully aware but you can't keep beating teams that are supposed to be good and beating them convincingly and then not also say Notre Dame is good yeah we had a shitty game against Stanford and Marshall I get it it happens it's Mark's first year you're going to have those growing pains But when you have a win like this, can we please get some acknowledgement? Because here's the deal. Here's how I feel. I went to see Ballyhoo. Position your middle finger and turn it up. To everyone that wants to hate on the fact that Notre Dame dominated the shit out of Clemson and say Clemson isn't good. Fuck that. Middle finger, turn it up, turn the volume up, shut them the fuck out. Because I'm sorry. Yes, we, we have bad losses. We're not stupid. But at the same time, you can't tell me that wasn't impressive. You can't sit here and tell me, well, in reality, Clemson wasn't good. And then when you put him him against the wall, because I heard it happen on a national podcast, and we know what they end up admitting, which completely contradicts everything they just fucking said. They sit there and go, well, you know, no, maybe they're not top four, but uh, they're still a top ten team. Well, then what the fuck? You're going to discount Notre Dame's win because Clemson isn't a top four team. But then when your back is against the wall and you, how good is Clemson really, well, they're probably top ten. Well, like, come on. You're still trying to discount Notre Dame even after saying that well, admitting, admitting oh, they're really a top ten team, I think, you know, in, in the whole course of NCAA football. But Notre Dame's win this doesn't mean shit because Clemson sucks. I'm sick of it. It's old. It, I'm I'm tired of it. And this win was so huge. And yes, there's still things we need to work work on. Um, but we made DJU kind of look like Drew Pine, or maybe even last year's DJU. He and you're telling me that that's because he's not good. No, like just stop, stop. Like the, we made Clemson bring in their freshman quarterback, who is might be good, could be good, probably gonna be good. I don't know, but he comes in and immediately throws an interception. Why? Because we were right in his face. Is that because Clemson sucks? Like Notre Dame played good, just a little bit of respect. So for the idiots that want to talk that, if you just don't give a fuck, position your middle finger and turn it up. Because like the song says, I'm hearing a lot of, of opinions about who I'm supposed to be. Well, Notre Dame is, is supposed to be not good or supposed to be just, I, I don't know, it's a fluky win against Clemson. I don't know, but what I do know is we were preseason number five and I do think maybe that was too high, but I do think there's some validity to the talent on the roster. Marshall and Stanford, it's, yes, it's going to be that freaking 50-pound weight that you're trying to swim to the surface with, tied around your waist at the bottom of the pool. I get that it's going to weigh us down. But at the same time, you can't just talk about how Clemson sucked and it had nothing to do with Notre Dame's play. I'm not here for that. So, middle finger, turn it up, suck it. Speaking of turning middle fingers up, can we petition for Jason Garrett to no longer ever, 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 ever call Notre Dame games ever again? Like, even for the rest of the season. We only got one more, but I'm done with him. Even my dad was like, I had to turn off the sound. He's like, I couldn't. He's he's literally the guy, he's either got phrases written down well, I, he, he can't actually have a string, but the joke is he's got a string. You pull the string and just phrases just spit out. They may or may not apply to what you just saw on the television. He, he just has, he has to talk. I don't get it. So for the Clemson fans that were ragging on me about the Joe Tessitore last week, um, like, well, you got the Homer broadcast NBC. Have you heard our Homer broadcast? Holy crap. I prefer not. I choose not you, not Jason Garrett. Collinsworth is, is whatever. He's he's learning. He's young. He's just the he's the play by play guy. But Garrett has got to go. Just he just says stupid, stupid, stupid things. Like you I, I wrote some of it down. Cause I I just had to. I know you guys hear it too. Notre Dame had a beautiful play. Beautiful. I I loved it. My favorite play of the game, honestly. Um meh, I don't know, the mayor tight end, uh mayor touchdown catch is pretty nice because the play action and whatnot. But you had Estime to the right of Pine, Tyree to the left of Pine, fake handoff to Estime, Tyree in the flat, beautifully designed. You don't know what you're doing because you got both running backs on the field. There's so many possibilities. Great. And then you get and then we, we were running it was in the early in the game. Very early in the game. We're moving a little quicker. There's not a ton of Look to the sideline, look back, pausing. It it was pretty quick. And you get Garrett. You know, with Notre Dame, you're always going to get some tempo here. and Always motion, always moving. There's only one game left in the season. So he's called every game up to this point that's been on NBC, which has been quite a few. Does he not watch the game? Does he not do homework? I don't know. We never run tempo at all this season. It's been the scan offense all season. Stop and stare. Um the only time we ran any kind of tempo is like last minute of the half. Um I don't know what in the hell he's talking about. And the motion has only been in play last two games, like where we set up where there's Pine by himself and then everybody motions and all of a sudden he's got uh, at least a running back with him, or maybe two in the backfield, but I I don't know what games Garrett watches to say the things he says. He's just, he's an absolute moron. Um, he And then he, he said my favorite thing, um, and he tried to make a joke about it because he realized what he said, but no, he said it, and he meant it literally the way he said it. When Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, was being uh, they were viewing if it was going to be uh, uh, targeting which roughing the passer maybe? How about that? Pine took almost three steps before he got blasted by Trotter. That's not a penalty? And even the oh, was it um, Terry McCauley I think it's the rules analyst expert he said it should have been a roughing the passer but it couldn't have been uh, targeting he agreed that probably not targeting but while this is all going on, Jason Garrett, in his big old dumb head of his, says, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the son of former uh, NFL great Jeremiah Trotter. <laughs> and then he kind of chuckled and said, I, think he's, I don't even know what he said, because I was like, there's no way he just fucking said that. Like, he literally said, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the son of former NFL great Jeremiah Trotter. Yup, I, I figured that one out myself there, Jason. Thanks. <laughs> Shocker. Jeremiah Trotter Jr.'s dad is Jeremiah Trotter? Ah! <clears throat> that's, that's the stuff we need on our televisions. I mean, if it wasn't for Jason Garrett, I don't think I would have put those two together. You could have given me all the guesses. All the guesses from Saturday night after the concert with all the Jameson and beer i am drinking. Until today, I would have never guessed Jeremiah Trotter. You're a fucking moron. Stop speaking. Just, just shut up. You don't have to talk. It's okay. Don't talk. Please don't talk. And then he, he there's more. There's more. Don't worry. I've got more on Jason Garrett being a fucking moron. He commented on how loud the stadium was. It was great, beautiful, but he had. He's like, oh, they're at the loudest end of the field. Loudest side. And well, first of all, no. I mean, it may have been that night i don't know but the end of the field they were on is typically where a lot of the visiting tickets get sold so it's usually not as loud so good job excellent research you dumbass but then he then he says this (laughs) he's he's approaching john madden levels with the jeremiah trotter's junior dad (laughs) junior's dad is jeremiah trotter no shit he says, no, it's real loud. You got you got the fans behind you and both sides of you. It's really loud. You I mean, like a stadium? You're kidding. There's fans on on all sides. What? They're behind. Oh shit! They're behind me, and to the right, and they're in front of me too. They're everywhere. All these fans making noise. Yeah, like a stadium. Just like that. You fucking idiot." But not to be outdone, Jason Garrett, we've got a, we've got one more, and this is my favorite one because he thought he was saying something so insightful. These were just obvious dumbasseries. This one was like, oh "This is this is why I was such a good coach in the NFL. This is why I was the, I was the clapper, clap for everything. Everything's good. I clap all the time." Garrett was saying they had to let Cade Klubnick stay in the game. He and his reasoning was. Absurd," he said. "You know, let Clubnik K- get in the flow of the game, and they got to give him time. Let him get comfortable. He's got to get in the flow. You know, you can't just put him in and take him out. You got to give him a chance to get comfortable." Okay. Um, Brody, it's the fourth quarter and you're down twenty-one nothing. I don't like. You don't have time to fucking. You don't have time to get comfortable, and figure it out, and give him a chance, like, bro, that's why you were a god-awful NFL coach, because that was probably your mentality, hey, we're down three scores, it's the fourth quarter, hang on, let's give him a chance, get comfortable, don't be rushing stuff, don't be, don't be in a hurry to fix nothing, like, are you that dumb, you coached and played NFL football, and your resolution to a quarterback struggling is give him time. Let him figure it out. Let him get in the flow of the game. It's the fourth quarter. You're down 21 nothing. Probably not a good time to be sitting back relaxing. He's <clears throat> just a moron. Just absolute moron. I just I had to get that out there. Um, and But the NBC broadcast in general. Um, you, you guys remember that great Jaden Thomas catch on the sidelines? I do I think I don't, I don't never saw it it was blocked by uh the Notre Dame sideline like you couldn't see it <clears throat> then the replay they were so far away it was like from the end zone never showed it again. I have no idea how close he was to being inbounds out of bounds uh no idea it must have been a great catch though because I thought it was an incomplete pass so and it happened on a pine rollout well golly rolling out pine didn't get the ball batted down that that needs to be something we remember uh what what else happened Bre- uh Benjamin Morrison, you're my hero. We finally have a dB looking for the ball, making plays, staying with receivers, being aggressive, all of it beautiful, 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 beautiful. can't get enough. you know uh Bracy with a huge sack um, just everything and then Michael Mayer, the touchdown I mentioned. That guy is officially the best tight end in Notre Dame history. Not that he wasn't already, but most touchdowns, most receptions, uh, most yards, every major statistical category for a tight end, he's he's done it. He's the man. So uh, I'm, I might as well just end it there. I mean, I, I can go on about the same stuff. I'm just talking in circles. Offensive line showed up to play. Thank you, thank you, thank you. D line, absolutely dominant. I mean, they they Clemson struggled to do a lot. I mean, they only had 281 yards of total offense, 90 yards rushing. You know, it Notre Dame did exactly what they had to do, and it was so fun to watch. And hopefully, that's that's the that's the launch, that's the takeoff point. Going forward, we're going to look back and be like, hey, remember the Clemson game in 2022 We when we absolutely dominated them? We didn't just win. We dominated. Then I saw this somewhere. It needs to be a t-shirt. Print the shirt. And it's going to say this. Winning is winning. Dominating, it's just different. It's true. Winning is winning. Dominating, it's just different. So... It was a hell of a win. I know I had fun Saturday night. I know you all did. And then I kicked off my Sunday beautifully. Beautifully. I was hyped. Great Sunday for me. And you know what that means? We made our Saturdays count. We made this Saturday count like you wouldn't believe. I mean this I, I can't I can't say it enough. It was unbelievable. I did not I predicted Notre Dame to win twenty four twenty. Not like that. It was impressive. So how else can you celebrate? I have an idea. Go to SaturdaysCount.com, enter promo code ND5, and get forty percent off your order. Go get yourself an only so only so many Saturdays t shirt. Only so many Saturdays, make them count. Greatest tagline in college football history. And it's the greatest because it's so damn literal. There are only so many Saturdays. You have to make them count. We didn't make Marshall and Stanford count, and now we're feeling it. You got to make them count. So celebrate the win. Go to your blue and gold, only so many Saturdays, make them count t-shirt. Promo code ND5, 40% off. Go, Go there. Get it. It'll be a hell of a Christmas gift for somebody. I promise you. Again, I don't know how long that promo code they're gonna run it out for. Uh, <clears throat> they we haven't discussed that. We're just gonna let it run. So, but they could, you know, hey, at the end of the season, we're not gonna do the promo anymore. So take advantage of it now, cause you literally almost get two for one. So get two shirts. Maybe you got a Clemson buddy like I do, and <clears throat> real quick, I'm gonna I, I gotta mention this. I know i got Clemson people that listen to my show. Uh, Casey, obviously, uh, one of my best friends. Uh, Zach, if you tune in, thank you for the, the wingman. That, that, thank you. You're such a good dude. Uh, Marty, awesome guy. He, Marty designed my logo for this podcast. I told him what I wanted, and he did it. Uh, Nelson Wilhite, just been a, a really cool guy. I don't know him as well as the other guys I'm mentioning, but I'm saying all that to say Clemson people are good people. I've yet to encounter a Clemson fan, person, that I'm like, what an asshole. And I assure you that Clemson fans have encountered Notre Dame fans, and they're probably like, what an asshole. Uh, I know they exist in our fan base. I don't see it in Clemson. At the 2018 Cotton Bowl, I've told this story before, I may... I know I put it on Twitter just recently, and uh, me and uh, my dad, after the game, were sitting there waiting to get a beer at Texas Live in Arlington, Texas. This guy in front of us, bright orange shirt, purple pants, Clemson fan. And he just turns around and he's like, hey, man, you know, I know the score is 30-3, to but, you know, it was a lot closer than the score, and you guys had a good team, and, you know, sorry your season ended this way, just... Super humble, super nice. Then the dude goes and buys us a beer. Literally, he's up there, and he just turns around and goes, what are you guys drinking? And I, you know, I don't know. He's like, no, it's on me. What are you drinking? I'm like, what? He bought me and my dad a beer. I could never imagine whipping a team's ass and then going up to one of their fans going, hey, can I buy, can I buy you a beer? They're, they're, the ni- they're just so nice. And the fact that I can talk about Zach and Casey and Marty and Nelson amongst others, that I've interacted with on Twitter, Uh, this way, and I'm I'm not saying it just to say it, like, Casey is one of my best friends, I talk to this dude daily, Uh, Marty has helped me with the podcast, Zach just sent me a freaking gift for when I go play golf, just because, and it's just, they're good people, so... If you do interact with Clemson people, you know, almost say be respectful because I have yet to encounter one that's not. And I have strong, legitimate friendships with some of these guys. And I, I don't want Notre Dame to look like a bunch of punk asses because we beat them. So now we're going to just talk shit and run their mouth. Because if I'm Clemson, how many national championships you got since '88? You know, so just. Be nice. They're good people. And the people at the game will tell you the same. John Kennedy, Always Irish, has already said it. He's had, he had incredible encounters with Clemson fans in a way he's just like, I have nothing bad to say. They were awesome. They were so respectful and nice and courteous. And, uh, yeah, that's my experience too. So, uh, if you did go to the game, I hope you had a good experience, whether you were a Clemson fan or Notre Dame fan. Uh, just in general in terms of interactions. But as a Notre Dame fan, I know you enjoyed the share of that. And I I hope it happens again uh, in the near future where Notre Dame has a a big-time opponent in South Bend and a big-time win. Because that was awesome. So I've gone on for about an hour, as I do. So that's all I got. Notre Dame was very punk rock. It was awesome when we heard the crowd scream, fuck yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Five foot nothing. hundred nothing. Out.